Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we just praise you. We thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Thank you for this teaching being live in Pompano Beach Bible Study. Oh, may we standers never, never forget what God wants to do to get the glory and honor and praise for our family to be all that God wants them to be. Lord, we have no idea who our children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren may become. Your hand is upon each of our entire families, but we must never, never give up. We must be in labor, working hard in the prayer closet. We must travail. We must know that your will, your way is the only way. And Lord, I ask that you would open this dear standards ears that is hearing this teaching, that may be home alone and feeling desperate, depressed, discouraged, and may they have hope and encouragement from you. Lord, I just ask that you would anoint me, touch me, guide and direct me as I go through the scriptures. And may we praise the Lord that you are in control of everything and that we do not have to walk in defeat or discouragement. We do not have to walk in doubt or in fear. But Lord, we're going to walk in faith and victory. That's nothing, nothing is impossible. Lord, touch this dear standards ears that they can hear the truth and the truth will set them free. Touch their eyes that they may see and read the scriptures and have a hunger and thirst for the word of God. And may you touch their heart to take that heart of stone, take that heart that is broken in two and they feel like their heart is bleeding. May you touch and heal them right now tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Have you made your final commitment and decision to stand for your husband or wife and marriage forever? Yes, even if you're divorced, Never forget that I divorced Bob, and it was after our divorce that the Lord spoke to me so very loudly. On a Sunday morning, when I had given up on Bob, God sent a couple to our church to share their testimony two times to say, nothing is impossible. How long have you been praying for your spouse? She prayed for five years. She travailed. She prayed. She was in labor praying for her spouse to come to his senses. Yes, he was unfaithful. It does not matter what he was doing. It mattered what the Lord was doing. It mattered what he was doing on the other side of the mountain. Are you facing difficult circumstances regarding your marriage right now? Do not look at your circumstances. Look at the Lord. Listen to his voice. Open up the word of God and let him speak to you. Pacific words. You must believe that nothing is too hard for our Lord. If you're separated, if you're divorced, if your spouse is talking about marrying the other person, it doesn't matter. Oh, Charlene, come and follow me. I've been there. I know. But I want you to understand, we hear these stories each and every day, each and every week. And it does not matter. It matters what God's plan is. And that's what we have seen and heard for 20 years. God is faithful. We must 
stand on the promises of God. We must learn the promises of God. We must believe the word of God. And we must believe like we heard the testimony tonight. That nothing is too hard. It doesn't matter how long you do it. Remember your wedding vows till death do you part. And then we need to go forward. And you need to be a lighthouse. This is darkness that your spouse is in. Your spouse has been deceived. They have been taken captive by the enemy, the devil, Satan. And all the demons from hell are trying to destroy them, her, him, your children. It doesn't just stop at your husband or your wife. It goes on to the children. So I want you to understand that this is why we've been doing this for 20 years. And I will never, never stop until the Lord tells me to stop or takes me home first. I don't care. I am so angry what the devil is doing to all of you and to your families. But God is greater. And what has happened to us this past month is just a tip of the iceberg of God getting the glory and the devil wanting to do one thing and God does something else. And you got to understand that. And the devil's just shooting us. But God has all of you praying for us, and we're praying for you, and prayer is greater. And we have got to know that the Lord is our deliverer. He is our deliverer. He's our provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Rope. So many people that come into our ministry do not know the Lord, or they've walked away from the Lord, and they come back to the Lord. And that's the big praise. Right there is a big praise, and that is just the beginning of the miracles. In Psalm 18, it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. There it is. You found it yet? Psalm 18. I'll let you find it. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Who is going to be your strength? Your Lord. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold, I call to the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. Oh, that's it. You got it right, Charlene, because my spouse or the other person is my enemy. No, 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 no. Your enemy is not your spouse. The other person is not the enemy. No, what did I just say? This is a spiritual battle. It's the enemy is Satan, the devil, the demons. And we've got to understand, quit pointing your finger at your spouse and saying, you're doing, no, get on your knees and pray and say, devil, get out of this house in the name of Jesus. I put the blood of Jesus over our house. I put the hedge of protection around our house. Okay, you need to do that. Are you doing it? Well, sometimes. Well, what happens if you don't do it all the time? Guess who might just know that you didn't put the armor of God on today? And I don't mean the Lord. Because the enemy is just sitting there waiting for you to just take your guard down. You know what? I do not need to pray anymore. I've got my marriage restored. You are a prayer warrior. You are an intercessor. When you become a stander for marriage, I believe you're a stander for life. God wants you to be a prayer warrior for many things, many people. 
not just us, but for everybody. You know, you may go to the grocery store and God may have you praying for that person in front of you. You have an assignment every day. Do not be lazy, be used every day. Say, Lord, here I am. When I wake up, here I am, Lord, use me. Let's turn to Exodus 14, verses 13 to 14. It's Moses answered the people, and it says, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The enemy puts fear on every one of us when you've got all the circumstances coming against you. You may be separated. You may be divorced. Your spouse may have married. God does not put fear on us. He gives us faith. He wants us to have faith, hope, and trust in him. You know, sometimes we need to pray, but there's, there's another thing we need to do, and I'm going to tell you I'm bad at it, as bad as you're probably at it. It's to pray and then sit there and say, okay, Lord, what do you have to say to me today? Because once I finish praying, I am go through my list of all the people I'm praying for and special needs. I'm all of a sudden realize what the clock is saying, and I'm thinking, well, I'll get up. I've read my devotions. I've read all I needed to do, and I don't stop and say, Lord, would you like to say something to me? And so I challenge you. When you get through praying and you're doing all the talking, how about being silent and saying, Lord, do you have anything to speak to me? And be sensitive and open that communication of not being afraid of silence. Now, you can be silent for one or two minutes. Believe me, you're going to think one or two minutes is long. Or you can be silent for maybe five minutes and then just get up. But I challenge you, start a new step to be silent and say, Lord, you just want to speak to me. Just praise him. Just say, I love you. And then be silent. Do you know how long that was? Not long. With the Lord is when he's with you. You want to hear his voice. You want to know and recognize his voice. You need to hear his voice. You need to hear his voice to say, stop. You and I don't like to be silent, but we need to learn to recognize the voice of God because he's going to tell you, don't listen to what your pastor may be saying, or to the, your best friend that's telling you to move on. See, my pastor told me, it's hopeless. Look at what your husband's done. Look how many times he's done it. Get on with your life. Divorce them. I went to my counselor, and they said the same thing. So I was such a good person. I was obedient to them instead of going up to the Lord and saying, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive? Well, <laughs> you know what that answer is. Uh, over and over and over and over and over. There's never an end. He wants us to forgive. You know, you and I must learn to forgive 
but we need to understand that you've been chosen. You have been chosen like David was chosen. You have been chosen like Deborah was chosen, like Daniel was chosen. And I'm not going to tell you surrendering your life and your will and your way is going to be easy because it may be difficult, but it is worth it all doing it the Lord's way and not going on a detour road. A detour road is the wrong way to go because you're going to be going the wrong way. And how long is it going to take you to come back? Sometimes people have been gone on a detour road for a long time. Your spouse is on a detour road right now. You can't go after them. You've got to let the Lord go after them. He'll send his angels after him and after her. You have got to believe what God is going to do. The Lord will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he will never forsake your children. Yes, right now you're facing a giant. A giant that looks huge. And your spouse is screaming accusations and blaming you for your marriage problems. It could be the giant of adultery. Everybody says if they committed adultery, get rid of them. That's what they say nowadays. We have, in the United States of America, and now around the world, a disposable marriage. Marriage is not disposable. So we've got to understand that when the giant is coming after you and your family, God is greater. We have giant of separation. We have the giant of alcohol, of drug, of gambling. We have the giant of illness or financial problems, a giant of pregnancy, of anger or bitterness the giant of doubt and unbelief, the giant of court hearings and legal issues. I could go on about the giants that all of you are facing. The giant is defeated. He is defeated in the name and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen, just write down the verse. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. We have several standers who have lost a loved one in the last few months. We know that there are standers losing their homes and having to move. They've lost their jobs and are needing financial miracles and need employment immediately. But we want you to remember that we must believe in God's mighty power. The Lord is with you in this crisis right now, regardless of what it is. In 2 Samuel 22, verses 2 to 4, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my Savior. From violent men you save me, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. What does our Lord say about giants? Do you remember the story in the Old Testament about David and Goliath? Goliath was a champion of the Philistine camp. He came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. Goliath would stand and shout to the ranks of Israel. And hearing his words, his threats, Saul and all the Israelites were terrified. They ran away. So David knew his Lord personally, and David did not doubt or have unbelief that God would win against Goliath. He had faith. He trusted his God. 
Why did he trust his God? Because he would go out and be a shepherd with all the sheep. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 17 while I'm talking about this. David's victory over Goliath came as a result of his faith. You need to increase your faith each and every day. How? Read the word. Read the word. Now, you may only have five minutes, ten minutes in the morning. Okay, do it five or ten minutes then. When you take a lunch break, give the Lord five, ten minutes more. Go out in your car and do it. And at supper time or at bedtime, do another five or ten minutes. Now you've got maybe 20 or 30 minutes in. And you're going to find out that once you start doing it regularly, you're going to hunger and thirst for more of it. And you'll make more time. Okay? So we know that David had confidence in his Lord that he could do anything. And that he was able to handle the circumstance. So verse 32 in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Now, Saul replied, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. And he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. I know how David must have felt. He has had a personal experience with the power of God. And he knew God was the way. He could encourage and teach anybody to say, I have faith. That's why I'm standing up here. Because I know that I'm not talking about me. Don't trust me. Don't trust Bob and I. But trust the Lord. Trust the Lord of what he can do. That God answers prayer because of you, because you're going to seek that personal relationship. He wants that personal relationship with you each and every day. He misses it when you don't talk to him daily. Can you imagine not talking to your spouse or your child every day? He's looking down and saying, why aren't you talking to me? How do I have to get your attention? You don't want him to get your attention. So as I share about David, stop and think about your personal experiences. Will you stand strong in the Lord? Because you can remember what the Lord has done for you in the past. Are you keeping a record? Are you writing down what the Lord is telling you? You're going to forget. You need to write it down. You need to date it. Because you're going to say later on, I want to share with somebody else what God has done. And you're going to open up your Bible, and there it is. If there's the date, there's what's happened, and you're going to remember. Or if you can't remember, you can go get your journal and look it up, and there it is. You can remember what the Lord was directing your steps. Now, I'm going to tell you, the Lord is going to give you many scriptures that are not for today. It's not for tomorrow, but it's for the future. And it's all going to come to pass in his perfect timing. So you've just got to hang in there and never, never give up. Now, are you like David or are you like the Israelites? 
David had a deep concern for the honor and the reputation of his Lord God. Goliath was not just defying the armies of Israel, but the Lord God Almighty. David personally knew God, and he knew he could deliver them from their enemy. David trusted in God and not in himself. David spoke faith and courage. What are you speaking? Are you speaking doubt and fear? Then we need to think what we're speaking. We need to say, Lord, what am I speaking? What am I feeling? Well, may I tell you, don't go by your feelings. Don't go by your emotions. Go by what the Lord is speaking to you and what you're hearing him speak to you. You've got to fill up each and every day with the word and with other teachings. Going to church, you need to go to church. You need to hear sermons. You need to know the word of God and you need to grow in the Lord. Today, will you choose to become a David? Put your complete trust and faith into your awesome Lord God Almighty. He can handle your spouse, what they're speaking, what they're saying. Their plans are not your fears. Do not worry about what they're speaking. Amen. Let me take you to a verse, Proverbs 16, verse 1. To man belongs the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of his tongue. All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but the motives are weighed by the Lord. Verse 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Skip down. Verse 7, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Skip to verse 9, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. The Lord is going to say, I know what I'm going to do. And that's what you've got to understand. Do not listen and walk in fear of the words or the actions or what they're speaking or doing today. You have got to think of what God is going to do in the future. Do not believe or have the enemy tell you that your prayers are denials. Delays are not denials. Now write that down and remember that. Because the Lord is not answering you right now, his delays are not his denial. He is saying, hold on, but it's going to take time. Are you willing to travail? Are you willing to go and labor and fight for your spouse and family and loved ones? And I just don't want you praying for your spouse. I want you praying for your children. I want you praying for your neighbors. When you go to church or when you go anywhere and you hear somebody's having marriage problems or it looks like they're having marriage problems, you need to start praying. You don't have to ask God to say, could you knock on my heart, please? No, you know what he wants you to do. He wants you to pray for others. Pray without ceasing. You are a prayer warrior. You need to say, I'm going to start praying for them. Even if God reminds you to pray five days in a row, you have got to understand God has such an awesome plan and purpose. And we've got to understand how the devil do not want to have you guys praying. 
That is the last thing he wants you to do. He wants to keep you so busy, have such confusion, being so weary, being so tired, being so defeated, so discouraged to stop praying. Why? Because that's where your answers are going to come from. You have got to understand the power of prayer. Let's go to James, James chapter 5, verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Okay, that's pretty clear, people. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Now, I don't know how to pray, Charlene. You've got to teach me how to pray. The Lord did. Go into Matthew. And in Matthew chapter 6, what did the disciples say? Lord, teach me to pray. Teach us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That is what he taught them, the Lord's Prayer. First thing I do in the morning, when I wake up, I pray the Lord's Prayer. The Lord took me to the Lord's Prayer 25 years ago to say, break up the Lord's Prayer into an outline and pray the Lord's Prayer. When you know nothing else to pray, pray the Lord's Prayer. Because it says, thy will be done. You want to do not my will, Lord, your will be done. Okay? But we got to remember that. So, okay, now I'm going back to James chapter 5. Is anyone of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, there's a secret. You have to pray believing, expecting. You know what? If you're in labor and you're pregnant, praying for a miracle, and you're pregnant and you don't know how long when your due date is, you have got to pray in faith. You cannot doubt that you're pregnant. You know, you're never going to get your miracle if you don't know if you're pregnant. I knew I was pregnant with a miracle of marriage restoration. My Lord had told me over and over so many promises. Bob will be great in the sight of the Lord. Oh, yeah, you're real funny, Lord. You want me to tell you what he's doing right now? You know, and the Lord said, blessed is she who believes that what the Lord has said will be accomplished. You've got to believe what the Lord tells you. When he gives you one scripture, who are we? I say, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you that you even speak to me and I can hear your voice. And that's what I want you to learn, to learn to hear his voice. But it says that the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You know, that's a powerful statement for just healing. But we need to understand God wants to heal and resurrect and restore your dead marriage. David trusted in God to win and have victory in defeating the enemy. May you believe what the Lord has said to you about your marriage being restored and your spouse is rescued from the hands of Satan. May you never, never doubt. And when you get the doubt, when you get that unbelief, Pick up a CD of praise music and turn it on and praise the Lord and get the enemy to let go of you. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line. 
I skipped David putting on the whole armor. I skipped where he picked up five smooth stones. We skipped all that. You need to read 1 Samuel chapter 17. I've got to do a brief version. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine. With a sling and a stone, without a sword, in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. What a victory. I pray that you can believe that the enemy can be defeated in your marriage the same way. You have got to believe that nothing, nothing is too hard. The Lord is going to remove your anxiety. He's going to remove the feelings of depression or oppression. He is going to increase your faith and your courage. The Lord will direct your steps. He will direct your steps. You don't want to go on that detour road. He has a plan and a purpose, and he had a plan and purpose for David, and David obeyed the Lord. He did not do what Saul told him to do and put on his armor. But God said, David, do what I tell you to do. Isaiah 48 verse 27 says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. I am the Lord your God, who teaches what is best for you. He wants to teach you, dear students. He wants you to say, Lord, you be the teacher, I'll be the student. Let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 132. Turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Well, now you could turn that and you could put your spouse's name in it or your child's name in it or your mother, your father, your brother or sister or anybody who you know or coworker and say, let no sin rule over them. Verse 134, redeem me from the oppression of men, that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant. Teach me to do your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. Your law is not obeyed. I can tell you Psalm 119, verse 132 to 136 is true for today. God's word is not being obeyed in this country. And we have got to read Psalm 119 and pray it as a prayer. You can take these scriptures and turn them into prayers. I ran out of words of what to do. And so I took these scriptures and I started reading my Bible and I would just start praying scriptures with my husband's name in it, my children's name, my friends, family. You've got to take the word and make it come alive. Job 22 verse 30 says, He will deliver... Even one who is not innocent, now that sounds like your spouse maybe, could be us also, who will be delivered through the cleanliness of your hands. Are our hands clean? Have we repented? Have we turned from our wicked ways? Do we have anger and bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts? You know, we just speak to our spouse and all of a sudden we just have this blooming coming out of us and all this words. And that's why I always said, zip your lips, because Bob would get on the phone and I would just start accusing and all of, where are you? What have you been doing? And I would just run off in the mouth. And I said, Lord, 
touch my mouth, touch my tongue. And that's James chapter 3. You got to learn to control your tongue in James chapter 3. It says in Job 22:30, he will deliver even one who is not innocent, that's your spouse, or your child, or anybody else, your loved one, who will be delivered through the cleanliness of your hands. Well, that makes us to me, we need to be more Christ-like. Okay? That means we need to be more Christ-like each and every day. Now, let me take you to Psalm 34. Psalm 34 is a scripture that God gave me, and it is an awesome scripture that you need to read tonight or tomorrow. I'm just going to read just a couple of verses tonight. Verse 6. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. I'm all for that. Do you have a lot of troubles? Who has a lot of troubles? Then you need to say, okay, Lord, I am poor in spirit. I may be poor financially, too. And the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of all his troubles. All. That means everything. That's a scripture we need to put our names in it. Okay? The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. And now let's skip down to verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry, to their prayers. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. And then 17 to 19, it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Guess what? He repeated the verse again. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Which one of you tonight could cry at just an instant? Because your heart is bleeding and hurting. You just think of all the circumstances and you are so wounded. Your heart is so crushed. And the Lord is saying, I am close to the brokenhearted. I will heal the brokenhearted, he says in Isaiah 61. And he says, and save those who are crushed in spirit. Verse 19, a righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Would you believe that tonight? Will you believe that the Lord is right there with you? Psalm 42, verse 11 says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Now, if you understand, hope is what you've got to hold on to. You've got to hold on to hope. Because hope is what he's going to give you. Every time we get a nugget of gold of a scripture, that's hope from the Lord. Satan wants to discourage you. But we've got to hold on to the Lord's hope. Turn to Psalm 107. This is about your spouse or somebody else you know or love or a co-worker, your boss. In Psalm 107, verses 10 to 16, some sat in darkness and your spouse living in sin is in darkness. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they have rebelled. Your spouse who is living in sin is rebelling against God. If they're sinning today or tomorrow, they're rebelling against God. We've got to examine our hearts. Even when your spouse comes home, we need to every day become more Christ-like and grow in the Lord and not stay where we are. We need to be careful we don't rebel in another way. We need to understand 
that they're fighting and they, it's you've got the Lord on one side, you got the enemy on the other side, and there is a tug of war going on. Guess who is going to win the tug of war? The Lord. The Lord. Who paid the price? Who shed his blood? Who died on the cross and Calvary? And he shed his blood. Never, never forget the cross. Never forget the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And never forget, he arose. He defeated, he defeated Satan and death on the third day. And we have got to understand that. That is why you are victorious. And you're going to be victorious in your marriage and in your life as a Christian because of what the Lord has paid. You must accept the Lord Jesus Christ. You must say, Lord, fill me up with the Holy Spirit each and every day. Give me strength to walk in faith and victory. And it says, for they have rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then, verse 13 is when you highlight and you underline. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. There's another D. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Your spouse is a prisoner, and the Lord is going to go after them and set them free. We need to pray for the Lord to shine the light on them, to give them the truth. The truth will set them free. Verse 15, then let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down the gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Your husband, your wife, your children, your co-workers who are rebelling against God's commandments, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be defeated. Because nothing, nothing is too hard for God to do. He needs an intercessor. He needs a prayer warrior. He needs a husband. He needs a wife. He needs a mother. He needs a father to stand in the gap for your loved ones. And you need to, what? Never give up. You are married for life. You are a mother. You're a father for life. We need to know that we need to believe. And your spouse may say, I deserve to be happy. I'm leaving. Guess what? They're going to have the Lord follow them right out because you're going to be sitting there praying. And guess what? All of a sudden, that little house over there, wherever they went, they're not very happy. They're miserable. They're in a trap. They just don't see the way out. But the way out is through Jesus Christ. And that is what you've got to be able to say to them in love or whenever. Don't come home to me as I am. Come home to me because I have Jesus on my side right now. That's the difference. Bob asked me, how's it going to be different in our house? Because I am different through Jesus Christ. And that is the only difference. Otherwise, I'm going to be my old carnal flesh and speak what I shouldn't say and do things I shouldn't do. But when you have Jesus, you learn to zip your lips. And you learn to pray the word. We need to understand the damage of divorce on the hearts and minds of our children. We need to pray that our children will not be wounded and permanently destroyed because of the children having to be exposed to separation and divorce. We need to fight for marriages to be healed and restored forever because of our children, because of our grandchildren. 
We need to be the example. And I know you're thinking it's impossible. No, it's not. Nothing is impossible with God. Divorce has been an epidemic for over a quarter of a century. And now we have couples that are young like you are, that have parents that have been divorced. And you know what? They don't even know what a husband and wife is like at home to work out problems, to discuss things, and to work out situations. How to save money together. How not to be selfish and self-centered. You are a key to be intercessors for all marriages. Please get the big picture. You are an intercessor for all marriages around the world and do not be so focused on only me. Lord, we just praise you. We worship you. We adore you. We praise you for God's word. We praise you for your Bible. We praise you for every word that's in the Bible. And Lord, we just know that it is powerful and it's a double-edged sword. And I just ask you, Lord, there are so many men and women in this room right now who are hurting, crying, and need a miracle. But may we know that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Lord, I pray that you would take this word and every word that we have spoken tonight, and may it cleanse us from all of our own impurities. Lord, we pray that you will go and touch all the prodigals, the husbands, the wives, the children, the moms and dads, brothers and sisters who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ personally. And we ask that you would touch them. You would bring other brothers and sisters of the Lord into their lives. Lord, I pray that the other people that have come into so many prodigals' lives, you would remove them. First, that they would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. I pray if there's a spouse that's in the sideline that has been left also and abandoned with children, that they would go back home to their original spouse. Lord, I pray that anybody that has just fallen into an affair or an adulterous situation that are single, that you would tell them this is not a person that's available. You have a perfect man or woman that you have planned for them if they will just seek your face. Lord, I pray that you will go rescue all the prodigals and speak to them every night as they lay their head on the bed, as it says in Job 33, and turn them from their wrongdoings. Lord, you are the only one to speak to them. You're the only one that can get them to come to their senses and escape from the trap of the enemy. Lord, I pray you will just do a mighty work and we will praise you and thank you for what you're doing in all of these people's lives around the world. And may they never, never give up on their spouse and we'll give you the glory and honor and praise. We'll shout it from the rooftops. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast.